Okay, hold on. Looking at the scale, hospitality per se as sort of the you know the common denominator of all of those is a fragmented, unstructured. Looking at the unmanaged space, the leisure traveler, he doesn't really care. But then you have two other spaces, or two other segments, which are sort of the corporate traveler and the and the corporate. And to them, this is the core pain. And this is how we sort of um, you know shifted the company and um, really said, in order to be best at what we're doing, we need to focus entirely uh, on corporate travel. Um, so this was sort of the, the change we, we initiated in 2016. Um, and since then, this is sort of, you know, end to end from, as you mentioned, sort of arrival at the hotel to departure and also post departure is really what we focus on streamlining those processes. Mm -hmm. And you know, answering the second part of your question, what's the, what's the opportunity behind this? Um, it really comes down to essentially three things. Um, firstly, for the corporate traveler, it enhances the experience. It takes away the check-in, the check-out process, manual payments, splitting of bills. Uh, I can run through sort of the entire process in a, in a second, but it gives them a better experience. Um, and this is fundamentally important because, you know, why are we traveling as corporates or as corporate travelers? You're traveling because you want to meet people, otherwise you, you wouldn't travel. I mean, that's sort of the nature, right? So the better my mood is, the better my experience is, the better I will perform in, in, my, in my meetings, the better the results will be, and this is nothing sort of we're making up, but if you look at the, the, the latest GBTA study, you'll see those numbers undermined again. It's 40% say that business travel directly impacts their results. Mm -hmm. This is sort of the, the first part. It then sort of you know, leads into um, Generation YZ, young travelers, which see travel more as a, um, well, a sort of uh, incentive and a, the nice part of their, of their job. So again, for them, it needs to be enhanced. And there's a second core part to it which is sort of everything in regards to cost savings. So if you look at sort of the trend of um, ADRs, of uh, average room man prices, you'll see that um, depending on the corporates, they've slightly risen, slightly fallen, but there isn't a lot of sort of room there, right? You, you, can, you won't achieve sort of a dramatic fall from, I don't know, 90 euros down to uh, 70 euros. It's, it's extremely difficult. Um, so the, the fundamental question is, how do you, where do you create those savings? And I think there are a bunch of companies which have great initiatives on saving on room rates, but I believe it's very complex. I believe there's a huge amount of, of untapped potential, savings potential, especially in the processes. We're calculating it to be around $40 per trip. Mm -hmm. right? So that's sort of the savings that uh, companies can generate per hotel stay, mm. per traveler, just by smoothing out the processes. Because obviously yeah. your, your biggest cost block is employee time. So yeah. again, smoothing out that, that's sort of the, the, the second bucket. And the third bucket is really sort of understanding what is actually happening in the hotels. Um, for you as an unmanaged traveler, again, you don't really care. Um, but for corporates, it's absolutely essential to understand what is happening inside of the property in this black box hotels. What are my travelers consuming? Are there, is there compliance there? Duty of care wise, you know, have they checked in, checked out? So those are sort of the three reasons why we're focused right. on corporate travel. Right, right. And obviously it makes sense, I think, as you mentioned, from a corporate perspective, they don't want to waste time at the front desk. The important thing for the hotelier, I understand, though, is really to put themselves in that mindset. I think a lot of traditional hoteliers are still struggling, if you like, to get to the point where they understand that, especially, especially with the younger corporate traveller. I mean, that, that, that's changing too. They are becoming younger as well. So um, I think that there's an education piece there as well for the hotelier to try to really get their head into that space. But I think also as a, as a startup yourself, I mean, you've been around for five years now as a company. 
What was when you started? Obviously, integrations for you are really important. PMS integrations for one thing, key door lock integrations. What was your biggest challenge when you were really trying to get out the door with Kenichi in terms of the integrations piece? Because for startups, that can be a really hard part of the process. How did you go about that as a company and how did you break down that wall? Because it's a tough one. Yeah, let me, let me also quickly answer the, or, or just quickly sort of point out something on, on to what you just mentioned sure. because of the potential. The potential of corporate travel at hotels, this is from a hotelier perspective, is huge. Mm. Because those are the travelers you want, right? They're high recurrence, um, you know, high ADRs. Uh, you know, they're, they're the ones sort of which will, which will, you know, once you have one of them and they say, well, this was a great experience at this respective hotel, they'll share it in their network and you have a huge effect. So for, for hoteliers, that's a huge potential to tap into corporate travel, right? Um, I mean, those are the people you want and it's so simple, it's so easy just by offering a, you know, a standard, and again, we're talking about light technology, we're not talking about you have to change your entire infrastructure. But with a small piece of technology, you can fundamentally change the guest structure you're, uh, you're addressing. Um, and in, in fact, in the, in the recent numbers, we've been seeing 10% increase in hotel volume in the respective smart hotel properties. So we can immediately see the effect that those properties are getting more corporate travel volume. So that's one of the reasons why we, why we also said, let's focus on a segment which will also steer value to the hotelier, right? Um, now to your second part, uh, to, to the integrations. Um, you know, this is by far the most complex part of hospitality. And um, I said to, to Fredo, my co-founder, a while ago, if we would have known how complex this is going to be, I'm not sure if we would have uh, taken, that, taken that challenge. Um, reason being, um, you have a, a landscape. So the way it started, sort of the beginning, the way hotels are set up is they have their property management systems. Every hotel, hotel has a different property management system. There are hundreds of property management systems out there. Um, you know, when we started, we thought, well, how many are there going to be? There's going to be Oracle, and there's going to be sort of you know, Protel, and there's going to be Heteros. Well, three, four, uh, that's it. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of mm -hmm. small ones. And then the next issue is not only other hundreds out there. But sort of looking at sort of the, the vertical axis, they're in different versionings, right? Mm -hmm. So you might have a hotel using the same system at a different versioning. And you know, that's not something like you, you update your apps, you just click you know, mm -hmm. update and it updates. It's a longer process. And essentially hotels, you'll see them for years not updating their property management systems. That, that means you know, we have hotels scattered all over sort of the, the vertical axis in regards to, uh, in regards to updates. Um, this is sort of what we see in the, in the PMS infrastructure. And then obviously you have a bunch of other um, mediums you need to integrate into to sort of be part of the, of the hotel infrastructure. But the heart are the PMS systems. Um, so we understood is we need to integrate those PMS systems. And then we went out to the market and we said, well, okay, you know, who's done this before? And everyone raised their hands. It was like, ah, I've got integration, I've got integration. We were looking at especially our US uh, competitors at that time. Um, and they had, in, I mean, marketing-wise, their websites were reading something like you know, 200 PMS integrations. We were like, oh my God, this is crazy. Well, at the one, at one time we thought, okay, if they've got 200, we're going to get 200 as well. It's not going to be that difficult, number one. And number two, we thought, oh, they're, they're, they're quite advanced. What we understood quite rapidly was that none of them actually have real two-way integrations. What they refer to marketing-wise integration, that's the biggest sort of uh, problem, misconception uh, is that what they're referring to as integrations, the majority of partners out there, is the extraction, is the pull of mm -hmm. information, so the pull of arrivalists, mm -hmm. as an example. Mm -hmm. 
When we're referring to a PMS integration, we're referring to a two-way integration. That means we need to read and we need to write. So we need to be able to actually push back information because we need to be able to conduct a mobile check-in. We need to be able to conduct a mobile check-out. So this is, this is actually real sort of you know, two-way action happening. And this took uh, our PMS partners to a challenge because you know, APIs weren't at that point yet. So we really sort of grew with those partners as well to you know, understand what are, the, what are the, the, the friction points, what are the bugs, what are the, you know, what are the, what's the potential as well. I mean, how can you streamline the process to a greater extent? And um, you know, there was this one point where we just said, okay, we're going to get our hands dirty and we're going to get them really dirty. We're just going to you know, go down to the dirt and try and sort out how can we get this, get this going. And we really sort of, we, we chose a couple of PMS systems, a couple of properties, and we just said, you know, you're the property, you're the PMS system, we're going to get going, it's going to get integrated. And uh, knowingly that it's not completely not scalable, but we needed to get this expertise and understanding of how do those systems work um, before we could come up with any sort of scalable solution. So this was sort of you know maybe sort of the yeah this was sort of part of the education uh, for us to, to you know, understand the systems yeah. and uh, yeah. up to a point where you know now we, we have a real two-way integrations running with you know the majority of the big property management systems. Um, but also, and this was an important step to scalability, a solution which works in a, in a fully sort of automatic way without being uh, PMS integrated, but using different web services to, mm -hmm. to overcome that. Did you find that initially some of the PMSs were not really willing to work with you? The kind of their response was, how many, how many hotels do you have? Who of our customers are asking for this? They're the type of typical questions. Uh, how did you get around that? Because it's very difficult to, to to push through that, what was your response? I think one of my one of my favorite questions: is How many hotels do you have? Because it's, it's it's this you know it's this it's this question where as a startup, um, you know, you're always sort of the bad side. I mean, what am I going to say? I'm going to say I've got two hundred twenty thousand hotels. Obviously not. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, that's sort of the nature of being a small company. You've, you've got a couple of customers, and, I, and you know, that's that's you know one of those questions I, I tend to never ask a ask a company, or at least not judge the company by that, by that figure because it, it, it's completely, it, it, it doesn't give you any value, right? Um, and you know, we're seeing, if you would have asked Tesla a couple of years back, you know, how many cars are on the road, uh, they probably would have told you, well, well, we haven't got any cars on the road and Dime noticed that, well, we've got, you know, 30% market share. You know, I, I don't really think those, those figures in, 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 in the point of time where we're now, where speed and sort of innovation and disruption is at such a fast level, this is any figure of value, but you know, that's sort of, Different notes. So um, yeah, we were of course challenged on how many properties do we have, and um, what was helpful for us was really to elaborate why we're we doing things and uh, getting the hotelier to say, hey, this is something I want, and you know, going back to their uh, PMS uh, providers and saying, hey, you know, this is something we want to have integrated. Mm -hmm. So you know, actually, you know, searching actively searching for the dialogue um, with both partners and saying, you know, hey guys. Let's sit on the table, and it's tedious. It takes time, and you know it's a lot of friction. But I think that's the best yeah. way. I mean, you made you made a good point. Some of the vendors kind of very thinking old school sense uh, in terms of volume, um, and we sometimes we're perhaps unfairly critical of the hotel operators being slow to adopt new technologies. But on the other side, the technology, the, the vendors themselves, there are some vendors that are also very unwilling to move into a new direction with uh, innovation and being forthcoming in that area. So you made a very good point there. Um, coming back to the hotelier side now, uh, historically the focus from a hotel's perspective perhaps has been really trying to be around driving more direct bookings to their properties and, and focusing on the technology to support that. Um, is that perhaps a little 
also um, unbalanced in that they're missing the point of when the guest is on property and what they need to offer them to support the guest's experience on property. Um, do you think that hoteliers themselves need to perhaps be a little bit more aware of, of ways that they can consider technology, what they need to do from an R&D perspective, if at all, and what can they apply to that, and what would, a, what would their technology stack look like to support that? Mm -hmm. um, I think because of distribution, there are a bunch of, you know, um, first of all, a bunch of established channels supporting uh, hotels. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it always comes down to how do you manage those channels uh, in, a, in a very efficient way. Um, obviously, sort of, it's a bit like, a bit like everything, you know, can, you know, too much is never too good. You have to find a nice balance. Um, that comes down to the individual property. Um, there are a bunch of innovative companies out there looking at alternative ways um, to steal even more volume. So I think, you know, there's a bunch of stuff in the, in the distribution space. Uh, hence, we sort of said, you know, we're not going to touch that. Um, and I believe that you know, there's a bunch of opportunity, but you know, that's, that's not our, our cup of tea. Um, you know, we're really sort of focused on how do you create more revenues, as you mentioned, with your on-stay uh, guests. Um, and, Looking at sort of figures, we can see that engagement, so if you engage the traveler and the guest at the right point in time, you see upsetting potentials of 35% plus. Um, you know, why is that? It's pretty, pretty straightforward. You know, if I were to send you an email now and you've got a hotel booking this weekend and well, today's Wednesday, um, so you know, I'll send you an email now as a hotel saying, hey, I've got this great sort of you know, junior suite you can upgrade to. You've got a bunch of stuff to do today. Um, you've got to edit the video. You've got to get your emails to do. You know, open that email. You're going to delete it. You're going to be like, okay, whatever. I don't care. Your mind is not at the right point in time, right? And um, if I were to send you that email at the right point in time, engaging you in the right way, hence sort of you know creating an action such as a check-in, actually guiding you through the check-in process, actually sending this 24 hours before you arrive at the right point in time for the right medium, mobile optimized we can see conversion increase of 35%. And that's because then you're like, hey, perfect, junior suite, boom, we're gonna be there tomorrow, yeah, of course I'm gonna, I'm gonna upsell. And for hotels, it offers a huge opportunity because looking at the standard distribution of the rooms, you see that the majority is standard rooms. Mm -hmm. Now that means, let's say a hypothetical uh, sort of scenario, a 100 room hotel, uh, you know, 80% are, 70% are standard rooms, 30% are, you know, superior junior suites, whatever. They will sell the majority within those 70%. But that means that if I can get you as a traveler to upgrade to the 30% suite superior room, I'm not only upselling you the 30%, you know, that, that, that potential spread in, in more revenues, but I'm creating more rooms because I'm opening up the 70% to resell those to the market again. Um, so it's, it's really double dipping for hotels. It's, it's revenues on, on both ends, freeing up rooms and, and increasing your, your upselling potential. And that sort of then it comes down to, that's, that's one part that's sort of the, the pure sort of upselling part. It comes down to, you know, this is standard, like stuff we did when I, I was working at Rocket Internet a while ago. I mean, we saw, you know, 40% enhanced conversions on, on mobile devices because people just are, they're just used to interacting with mobile devices in a faster, easier manner. So rather than you having this, you know, old school menu in your room to order your burger and fries, you know, if I give you this beautiful picture of this succulent burger uh, and you're just able to, you know, order it in one click, obviously, you'll see a better conversion. Hence, sort of, you know, driving in-state consumption through a mobile device makes so much sense. So I believe that, and obviously, sort of, as a, as a general sort of, uh, you know, marketing, uh, uh, you know, methodology, sort of, obviously having, a, you know, upselling uh, existing guests or existing customers is always cheaper than acquiring new ones. 
Um, so you know, nevertheless, you know, distribution is one part, but really looking at the, at your, at your existing sort of uh, uh, portfolio of, of guests, um, there's so much potential that that's why you focus on that and. and you can really sort of make a make a dramatic change. Mm, when it comes to Kenichi in terms of technology, technology you're using beacon technology and also uh, blockchain. So how do you um, perhaps? What's what's your sense in moving forward with that? What, what, where does AI, blockchain? How does that impact the industry as a whole? And how's Kenichi? Um, what's your roadmap to apply that even more in, into the services that you're offering? So I think Kenichi can be can be summed up and the vision we have in. in one simple sentence. Um, Kenichi is the technology bridge between corporates and between hotels. And this technology bridge, uh, as a universal technology bridge by the way, that means that you know, it will be working with a bunch of different corporates and a bunch of different hotels and this is something only a third party provider such as Kenichi can provide because a proprietary tech, uh, hotel, te uh, you know, hotel bridge or a proprietary corporate bridge wouldn't be used by a other hotel or other corporate respectively. Hence. Um, you know, it needs to be mutual third parties. So that's what we're providing this sort of bridge, and this allows us to, you know, exchange data packages. Allows us to conduct actions, uh, smoothen out, streamline processes. Um, this is sort of really what our vision is. Now, having this bridge established, and having this bridge built, and that's what we have now, and that's why we have, you know, corporates and hotels driving over and about every day. Um, it now comes to the point that you know, how can we make the traffic on this bridge even more secure and even more seamless and Essentially, you know, use that bridge to to reroute stuff to you know make it more efficient. Um, and we believe that blockchain, as I just mentioned, is one of the the, the big leaps forward um, in order to essentially really enhance uh, two things. Um, it comes down to on the one side savings. Um, you see, still hotels paying huge payment fees, mm. um, which looking at the corporate space is to me something I don't get because. You know, let's imagine you know, your hotel. I'm a corporate. We have an existing contract, right? Because you know, you you go out and or I go out. I ride out, sort of. Uh, you know, my, my RFP. You know, we have an agreement. I'm going to give you room nights. We're going to agree on a price. There's an existing contract, and then I still have a payment provider, which will deduct a fee from my corporate credit card to guarantee that you're going to get money. But there's an existing contract. I mean, you know, why play through this proxy? Um, and I'm not talking about insignificant fees. I'm talking about you know one plus one point five to one point seven five percent. And obviously, if we're talking about a million volume, that's really significant. So, if we can ensure through distributed ledger technology and other uh, you know other sort of uh, you know blockchains, uh, we, we can ensure that those funds are transferred in a secure and you know non-centralized way. Um, then that offers a huge opportunity for both of us um, in terms of speed, in terms of how fast you get your funds, in terms of um, payment distribution fees, um, but also in terms of you know compliance at the end of the day. Understanding you know has you really received those funds? Yes, boom, checked in my ledger. Um, so I think that's that's a big, it's a massive opportunity for 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 corporates and hotels there. That's the one part. It's really payment savings. The other part really comes down to uh, compliance um, and duty of care. Um, you know, and this sort of you know, compliance with care is two separate parts, but it really comes down to understanding what is happening in the hotel, taking that action back and flagging it, i.e. being a check-in, a traveler's actual checked in, but also knowing what is happening with that data. Because if I can provide, and you know, if, if you look at corporates, they're investing loads of money into being secure from a, from a data protection point of view. Right? 
all their vendors have to be secure. Now, hotels cannot be the weakest link in that. Um, so, you know, my firm belief in the next sort of year or so, um, especially with GDPR kicking in, um, you know, there will be a core focus on hotels and how they process, how they use guest data and how corporates can retrieve, delete and shore the right sort of uh, handling of, of, that, of that guest data. And through a blockchain, again, you can give and you can take, you can revoke access again in a, in a streamlined manner to not take anything away from hotels, but to put them on the, on the safe side and say, hey, corporates, you know, by the way, don't worry, we're totally secure and safe because that process is handled in a, in, a, in a seamless, easy way. So I think you know, that offers a, um, a, bunch of, a bunch of opportunities. And if you look more into sort of the, the AI space, um, it really comes down to you know, two things. On the one side, being able to enhance the guest service, so the actual service that you as a front desk agent are offering me as a corporate traveler. Um, that's by you know, saying, you know, by the way, we've, we've analyzed your profile, we understand what this traveler, who this traveler is, and those are the recommendations we can make you, but also on a, on a, on a, on a bot level, right? Um, I mean, you know, how bothersome is it to pick up that phone, be, you know, be in the waiting line, uh, wait for someone to pick up at the front desk, and then take my order? And by the way, that's not only annoying for me as a traveler, that's annoying for you as a front desk agent as well, because you know, if you've got a customer to deal with or a guest to deal with, then you have to take that order and, or reboot to the restaurant and then again has to go back to the PMS system. What a, what a tedious process. Yeah, yeah. Why not be able to, in a couple of clicks, say, you know, hey, you know, what do you have today? The bot replying, well, we've got a succulent burger, boom, and I'm, and I'm, yeah. and I'm able to order this. So yeah. I believe there's a lot of opportunity. It's, it's like, to me, this is like a, a complete. You know, I'm really sort of seeing this as a huge gold mine uh, for hotels, and it's like, it's like a desert right now. It's like you have this, you have this beautiful, you know, architectural buildings, hotels, rooms, nicely designed, and they're not making full use of the in-house potential of upselling to travels in the right way, smoothing and streamlining processes. So I, I believe, you know, that's really sort of, that's uh, where you'll have. Uh, you know, hotels being able to, to overtake others uh, in terms of efficiency by a factor of, you know, three, four. Yeah, yeah. Um, two more questions. Uh, I can envision that you would talk to a varied range of hoteliers on a regular basis, those from being from the larger chains and the corporate side as well as independent operators. When you're talking to, to those types of, of, of audiences, how open and how embracing of the services and the technology that you're offering are they against each other? So for example, um, a larger chain perhaps can see the value more so than a smaller independent, or is it the other way around? What's, what's the response when you're doing your, your initial pitch to a fresh audience on, yep. on either side? Looking at Europe, um, I'm being a beautiful Cologne, um, looking at Europe, you know, 75% of hotels are independent family right. hotels. How can those hotels in any way compete with the global chain in terms of technology, in terms of guest experience, it's impossible. I mean, the global chains have so much uh, you know, power in, in regards to you know, resources, financial resources, expertise, and they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, they're doing a great job. Now, you as an independent hotel, it's difficult, but that's the expectation. I mean, they, they've set the bar, right? So, so if you as a traveler now come from a global into an independent, you're like, hold, hold on, now what's going on here? So have to queue, so you fill all of, all of those forms, and, Payment is still super manual, um, so they have to come on a on a level playing field with those global chains. So, to us, the, the independent hotels were offering a very clear value proposition, very straightforward. 
um, and you know we're not seeing any any big sort of you know friction and, and issue points there. Um, I think the biggest complexity is the fragmentation of their infrastructural landscape, mm -hmm. which we've you know we've been able to, to bridge and smoothen out now. Yeah. Um, on the on the global side, there are a bunch of opportunities as well. Obviously, you have significant corporate volume, um, and you you again you're very interested in streamlining processes. I mean that's sort of that's the reason why you are so big because you've created these huge massive SOPs. Um, to them, it's it's more a matter of you know how can we integrate into their existing systems, um, and you know how do we and also still fragmented in some ways on that side as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. No, absolutely, and I, I think, but it's it's fragmented because it's such a complex infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I think the challenge here is to how can we integrate with uh, with those existing infrastructure on the one side, uh, and how do we you know not uh, you know sort of diminish the value of their existing mobile solutions because as mentioned in point one they've all got mobile solutions and our interest is never to take away you know guests or users from those respective applications actually vice versa we, we believe that you know, by being able to show someone how great a global chain property experience is you know you'll most likely be tempted to even download their application and we have zero issue with that uh, you know we, we want to make sure that the corporate travel process in general, the streamline, and if we integrate with those global partners, which um, after you know, four years um, we've now got the first ones running, and, and that, you know, that's that's been a great achievement. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we can really sort of see the values on both sides, and it's and it's it's not that we're taking away anything, or they sort of getting anything less from us, or vice versa. It's it's really sort of you know one and one being three. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. Final question. You're in a room with a hundred hoteliers, a hundred hoteliers, no one else. You got five minutes in front of them. What would be your message to them? I think it's very, very easy, and it wouldn't take me five minutes. Uh, it's, it's on the one side understand what's happening in terms of technology in the market right now. Yeah, so that's just analyze what's going on around you. You, you know, what happens when you book a flight and you check in with your smartphone and you order an Uber once you arrive at the airport. How mobile is that experience? That's one. Two, what's your sort of upcoming guest structure? Yeah, if we look at numbers, it's probably going to be something between sort of 50 to 70% generation YZ until 2020. So in the next two years, significant shift in sort of guest demographics. Analyze your corporate potential. So how many corporates, corporate travelers do you have in your property? How much value are they delivering to you? And what can you do to get more corporate travelers? Then look at your, uh, your, your in-house processes. How smooth and easy are your in-house processes running? And I'm not looking at, you know, what is sort of uh, you know the the F and B department doing? But I'm looking at especially sort of the front desk processes because those are sort of the processes which leading to the fifth point uh, touch your guest experience. So so what's your guest experience? If if you're a guest in your property, how easy and and you know how how you know how great is your is your guest experience? And I think if you look at all those those, those five points, you come to you come to the conclusion that you know the core focus should be coming up with an innovative solution which focuses on the corporate traveler steering more corporate volume to you to optimize the processes and essentially create the best experience and you then have to find out for yourself what the best solution is. Cool, cool. Some good advice. Max, thank you very much. It's been thank great you. having you on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Guys, thanks for watching. Uh, if you enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell button next to the subscribe button to get your notifications. Stay tuned for another great episode coming, and until now, it's out from Cologne. Bye-bye.
Thanks, man. Thanks, Greg. Cheers. La, 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 la.